Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Oh my god, you're caught off guard. Oh, <laughs> Kathleen, Kathleen. <laughs> How are you doing this yeah. <laughs> one fine evening? I am good, actually. How are you? Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's okay. Friday, so mm-hmm. I'm stoked. Everybody's going to get this to drop first thing Monday for their daily commute, and we will be making yes. everybody happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking tomorrow off. So Lucky! I'm like, I'm like, bye, nerds. I'll see y'all on Monday, so. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, y'all can I was like if I was telling my um the people that I manage because I'm management, like, no big deal, but seriously. Um I looked them dead in the face and I was like, if you need anything, don't. <laughs> oh, they must love you. I love me a hands-off manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until you have to write your um, annual review and I was like, I don't And think that's why I'm not year. a manager. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, between the reviews and manager type oh, meetings, I'm like, oh, shoot uh, me in the head. Yeah. But you yeah, know what? Everybody's um, good at something. I put it that way. So yeah. They sure are. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how's everything going? How's your evening? How's your week Man. been? Or two weeks been? But, oh, yeah, dude, cool. it's been intense, but it's all good. I'm really looking forward. Nice. Like the weather is, as you know, here, our worst um, months are <laughs> December and January. <laughs> I know every time you complain that you're like, oh my god, it's 50 degrees today. I'm just like, really? Because in the past couple of weeks, I've been going to bed fully clothed. <laughs> like, Look, with, like, I've been going to sleep in a sweatshirt. So Look, remind me again why I should give a fuck about your problems. Oh, no, trust me. I'm crying for you. Seasonal affective disorder is a thing. So, Oh my god. The sun has finally come out yes. the last few days. So I'm just like, I literally have, there's been times when I'll just stop and stand in the window at work and just, like, <laughs> take take in some, like, diffused vibes. Oh, no, you never knew how good the sun energy. was until it was gone for seven months at a yeah. time. <laughs> now yeah. I don't waste a day. <laughs> so Springs it's all good. <laughs> yes. Um, goodness. Yeah. Um, what was I? I was going to say something about some things that I'm excited about to share with the with the pod listeners. And I forgot what it was. I just completely slipped my um, mind. What you yeah. sewing? What you working on? What am I sewing? <laughs> oh, I'm uh, yeah. So that what I'm sewing. I'm actually um, working on sequining, um, hand sequining a basketball uniform. Nice uh, for because I'm gonna go see Cher again. again. <laughs> <laughs> and I have, if you follow me on the old insties. And what have you, I made one previously that was black and it was hand sequined and now I'm making a white version. That way I have a basketball uniform for share because the team is the share. Yes, like of course. Like share. And um, team of one. I, uh, I have an away, 
away uniform and now I'm having a now I'm making a home uniform. Oh, so I that's have so good. for away games and home games I have what I need to wear. You know? Oh good, yeah, good. So and then so, after that yeah. you'll just need an exposition uh, uniform and you'll be good to go. Right. So. <laughs> like a dress uniform yeah, with yeah. epaulets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird when they play basketball epaulets? <laughs> right. That's when you when you play basketball in a tuxedo jacket with epaulets and like yeah. basketball shorts and like legs, lots, right? lots that's, of range. Lots of range. That's how <laughs> sports is. Right? <laughs> Man, honestly, I'd love to see someone do a sick dunk and just drink clown someone in some epaulets. It's just like you're hanging off the rim, and he's like, "Boom, son!" Like LeBron James, just like douche. You know, you're like, "What? Wait, what? How did that happen?" Smashing the backboard, it just rained down like a million rhinestones. It's just broken glass and bugle beads, as far as the eye can see. <laughs> oh my god, could you imagine someone playing basketball in a full Liberace costume? I would That'd live be for fly it. Ass book. <laughs> I just feel like if someone could just put one errand sequin on one NBA uniform, we would live for that moment. <laughs> Nike, exactly. you hear me. You hear me. <laughs> yeah, I know you listen. <laughs> Come oh, on. Goodness. I worked with you. Put that sequin oh. on. Just one random one on like LeBron's away uniform. <laughs> Just a random <laughs> monochrome where you're like, bitch, is that a sequin? <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh goodness yes uh, are you working on anything Kathleen um actually I am I, I'm in the process of I bought some um like men's um Hawaiian shirts like in larger sizes at, oh, cool. at the thrift store and I'm in the process of sort of like redoing and deconstructing them into like um beach cover-ups for um Fun. for my quest to never wear pants again so. <laughs> <laughs> like my bits need to be free <laughs> well i love it because i'll come into work like wearing stuff they're like hey you look like you're on vacation i'm like oh dress for the part you want <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. fake it till you make it bitch <laughs> that's all you do you're like yeah. what job do you want with that outfit i'm just never slowly transitioning work, into magnum pi if i could just oh. dress leisurely and fight crime on my own time. <laughs> yes. But not be a complete scrub. It'd be fine. Because <laughs> oh, Magnum is kind of a scrub. I don't know about the new Magnum, but Tom Selleck. Oh, nobody like, knows about the I new was, Magnum. I know. <laughs> Burn. Yeah, the people who wrote that show still don't, re- they don't remember. <laughs> You're like, hold up, there's a new Magnum? Yeah, yeah the, only, the only one that matters is luscious Tom yeah. Selleck and his mustache. Thick, so. thick mustache. You yeah. just want to run your fingers through it. And he's he's like at least six inches taller than every single person he mm-hmm. plays against in that show, which makes him strangely handsome. Yes. It, so I just, yeah. Ah, those yeah. legs. <laughs> those shorty shorts. I know. There's a reason why he was but a world's most handsome man the year I was born in 1978. Hey. Well, well, well. And just to give you an idea Goodness. of what 1978 hot looked like, it had a lot of yes. hands. And there were mustaches as far as the eye can see. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of heartthrobs, oh. we are actually here to speak about a movie, yes. which is, um, if you're ready, um, to transition into talking about that. Uh, as ready as I could ever be for this movie. <laughs> Goodness. Um, we're talk- here to talk about Cinderella mm-hmm. from 1960, uh, directed by Frank Tashlin. Yes. And he, um, it's, uh, the costumes were actually done by Edith Head, and then there was all, a couple, few people actually got credited for the men's costume as well. Oh, good. It's... Cy DeVore and Nat Wise were credited for the men's um, men's wardrobe on this. Nice. And um, 
In the main cast, we have um, Mr. Jerry Lewis as Cinderfella. We have Ed Wynn from uh, Babes in Toyland and Mary Poppins fame as the fairy godfather. Judith Anderson, Miss Judith Anderson. Um, <laughs> Maybe you remember, and, aka yes. Mrs. Danvers. <laughs> exactly. Um, this is our third Judith Anderson vehicle because I forget she's in Laura, too. That's right. So, um, she, uh, she plays the wicked stepmother. Henry Silva plays Maximilian. Um, Robert Hutton plays is Rupert. Um, there's a Count Basie and um, Joe Williams play um, in the band that's featured in the movie. And mm-hmm. Anna Maria Alberghetti plays Princess Charming. Mm-hmm. I had to practice that name several times because I knew I was going to get it it's, wrong. It's but quite Robert. a lofty name, and thank you. That, that was Albert, good. Alberghetti, la spaghetti. Hey. Uh, yeah, Bada Bada boopy. Boopy. <laughs> <laughs> boopy. Still my favorite thing to ever come out of Family Um Frank Tashlin actually was interesting. We've done, um, he. I was like, why does that name sound familiar? Mm-hmm. He directed The Glass Bottom Boat, That's which right. we talked about mm-hmm. previously. Um, he also did, well, um, Success Boyle Rock Hudson, right. or Rock Hunter. And uh, the girl can't girl help, can't it, help it. I can't wait it's on our to list. do. Girl can't help it's it. It's on our oh, list. Woo <laughs> woo. Tom Yule and Jane Vance. Hey hey. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So Kathleen, what is your history with this film? Well, my history is that we were like, you're like, which movie should we do? And so I naturally went on Amazon as one does, and the first thing I saw was on Amazon Prime this movie, Cinderella, and I was like, huh, never heard of that mm. before. So I looked it up. I'm like, oh, okay, Jerry Lewis, interesting. I I remember I remember watching The Nutty Professor when I was really little, and I thought it was okay. He always, I don't know, he was like, all right. I never really knew a lot okay. about him. But then, um, so I was like, okay, I'll look this up. Is it any good? You know, and I'm looking, and then immediately I find the New York Times uh, review from when the year it came out that said it was the dullest comedy of the year, and which I told <laughs> you, and you were like, let's. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Right? And so there, that's my history with this movie. And um, I think um, also too, I do. Um, one of the things that was like, I'll give it a chance, is that I personally I love the story of Cinderella. I, I'll take it mm-hmm. in any shape or form. As you know, I, yeah. you know, we've got the glass slipper. We've got. Um, uh, well, I'm sorry, the Leslie Caron movie that I'm thinking of. Uh, uh, the oh, Glass Slipper. Glass Slipper. Glass slipper. We've got the Slipper Caron. and the Rose. And then, of course, oh, yes. my my absolute favorite is Fairytale Theater, which was um, done in the early 80s, hosted by Shelley Duvall. And mm-hmm. they did a version of Cinderella where, um, um, I'm sorry, Matthew Broderick plays Prince Charming and oh, Jessica right. Biel played um, Cinderella. And Edie Jessica, P- wait, what? Jessica Biel? Um, Jennifer Beale. Jennifer, sorry, Jennifer Beale. Jennifer Beale from uh, Flashdance. Yes. <laughs> sorry, I got yes. that messed up. I was like, Jessica Beale would have been that like just six kidding. days old. <laughs> she wasn't even a thought in somebody somebody's yes. head. Sorry, uh, Jennifer <laughs> Beale. And then, um, oh gosh, the gal who was in, um, who played the principal in Greece. I'm her name uh, escapes me. She played the wicked stepmother. Oh right, yes. And um, Edie McClurg played one of the wicked stepsisters, and it changed my <laughs> life forever. So Ooh, fantastic. I, what I'm saying. Is I am I'm cool with playing fast and loose with fairy tales and especially Cinderella and of course also one of my number one movies of all time is Ever After starring the lovely and talented oh, Drew Barrymore wow. and um, I love that version of Cinderella so much so I was just like I'm I'm cool I'm cool we're gonna watch this it's gonna we're gonna give it a chance I did not like this. I did not I, like this at okay, all. Okay, I but, hear you. I understand. But you. I'm the, glad there's I people. It. I mean, it's uh, the tough. Uh, you know what? I don't think either you like Jerry Lewis or you don't. That's like that's Jerry what it Lewis. is. Like, I think that's it's very. It and I think that his comedy, his his comedic 
style was very of the time. Yeah. Like this, this is 1960. And this would have been, he was coming off of, he was like the biggest star at this time period too, because Martin and Lewis was a thing together. Right. They, they only broke up. They, they had that contentious breakup that mm-hmm. they, you know, are famous for only like a couple of years earlier. Yep. That this movie, like I think 58 was when they broke up. Yeah. And it was, um, you know, it really kind of, you know, sealed there, but they were huge at this time. And a lot of the stuff that he did in this movie was very much like from their stage act yeah. too. So he was kind of like recycling a lot of stuff. And I think that this movie ended up being a vehicle, you know, suffered from being a vehicle for just like, okay, do, Jerry, do that thing that you do yeah. and we'll just work it in. Like yeah. it was a very kind of flimsy storyline. Like the storyline is r- very flimsy. Well, but just like, even the writing, I mean, I mean, right. story tales, can, I mean, it is, it's not like, you know, it's a pretty straightforward, you know, it's Cinderella. Right. But like, even, right. even the writing was the, the dialogue yeah. was <laughs> like, strange and and then like <laughs> the stepbrothers were something else and the way what they were was... delivering the lines like okay but just... first of all what we need to talk about with the with the stepbrothers though is we need to talk about um his mustache the, yo- the, okay. the younger one which one was the younger one it was a maximilian or rupert the the one that wasn't wasn't gonna be hanging out with the with the princess remember the one that wasn't dancing with the princess yes. he was the meaner That's one maximilian i think yeah Ma- Either whichever one, the one it was. without the mustache um, is that the that's one with the, Sans mustache. Sans mustache. Um, I think he. I honestly, he has like the Charles Manson look in his eye. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. I think that either either way, he. I swear to God, they made references to the fact that he was gay. Well, in the, didn't in he, movie because he didn't he make a reference about doing something to him in a dress. Something like that. And then also, he swear to God, he says to his brother, he's like, you know, I just don't have the, um, I don't have the interests or the ways with the opposite sex. And I was just like, wait, did he just say that he's like, <laughs> a gay? Which I'm like, well, he did ma- oh? But they do make that joke about when he's in a dress, like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll dance with you if you're in that dress. I'll do more than dance with you in that dress or something like that. And I was some, like, yeah, I think there is me? another reference to that. It's very like, he's, I'm like, I kind of think that he was kind of coded as being oddly like gay or something and you know when he said that i was like oh i date him (laughs) you know i have issues gosh that's what happens when i watch these i'm like i date him like oh that doesn't say a lot about me though (laughs) (laughs) but i swear to god that he was like no he's intense actually in that suit and everything and they've all and and like he looked good he looked good they got that slicked hair they got that madman that madman like early Mm -hmm. madman look which yes. you know, nineteen sixty might as well be nineteen or like nineteen fifty, like late nineteen fifties. Because they did, you know, they, everyone is like tailored within an entire yeah, life. It's yeah, nuts, but when um, we talk about yeah. waist being snatched, take a look at this movie because oh. okay, then <laughs> my god, okay, um, but not to break the format. I, my my history with this movie is oh, that yes, I've yes, never yes. seen it before. I, I honestly either, didn't yeah. even hear about it before we had before we had even started talking about it um i'm not a huge jerry lewis fan yeah like i haven't i don't know he just i just never connected with him over i the didn't years. either and, and um, like even when i was a little kid i remember watching i remember watching the nutty professor but i mm-hmm. never it was never something where i was like like he spoke to me in a way where i was right, like oh right. you're really cool like where there's other actors and people like men from that time that i'll watch and i'm just like like danny k or even a gene kelly or Donald right, O'Connor, yeah. and I'm like, hey, guys, you know, like, I love, you know, okay. Like, you know, like right. they have this, like, thing that I like. There's something about him that 
I don't know, I get a really weird vibe from him. Like, I don't know, there's just something, because yeah. he's kind of cute sometimes. Like, he's, he's sometimes kind of, he has his moments. Like, there were times, like, I, I was watching it, and when he's not mugging out like a idiot, yeah. like, and pulling faces and acting literally like a, a child. Yes. Like, he yeah. was acting like a child, which kind of turned me off personally. Huge. Like, I'm just, like, seeing an adult man act in such a childish way it was just, like, yeah. it just made me feel weird. But when he wasn't and be, when he was being sincere, there were times like when he, like when he was like the, okay, first of all, the dance number with the princess and coming down the stairs, that I was, was really just funny. like, yes, yes, Jerry Lewis can get it. <laughs> like that's how you get into my panties that, is you yeah. straight up come down some stairs. <laughs> like you just, like your life depends on, like yeah. that is how you make an entrance. Yeah. Like, thank you very much for that. But, and when he was dancing with her, he was looking, he looked slick and yeah. really good looking. I was just like, okay, yeah. I see the allure. But like every other time when he was like pulling faces and stuff, I was just like, it was not for me personally. Um, it just wasn't like, and if, if Jerry Lewis did your thing, that's cool. But yeah. I just, it, I don't know. And I also think that the pacing of the movie too doesn't hold up. No, not far. at all. Like, there's no. such, long like bits and stuff there's like so many bits that are just like they're cute and then they kind of just go on for a little bit too long where you're just like okay yeah like, we're still doing this okay yeah <laughs> it, especially if you're being a fairy tale that you know kind of should clip along it just it does kind of mm-hmm. linger in places where you're like oh okay are we done and it must just you know it's it just feels like it's sort of him improving or a, a chance to you know clown it up a little bit more right. which i you know maybe if i was like a super little kid i think he was i maybe i think he was really funny like i mean obviously i i, I think i liked the nutty professor at some point right. but i don't know and then like when i was trying to do research about him then to find out like what a dick he was to his kids <sighs> i was just like oh this makes a lot of sense and then like he was kind of like even during this time like he was you know, he kind of came off as this like goofy family man, but he was anything but. He was really kind of a hypocrite. Right. And uh-huh. I find that really interesting too, because it's like, well, you know, you were part of this like with Martin and Lewis, and Dean Martin was supposedly like the ladies' man and all this, but you were right, kind, you were yeah. kind of the one being the dirtbag. Not, I mean, I mean, maybe you both were, but like, ugh, you know. And then like to find out about his kids, I don't know. It was kind of sad, you know. And I was oh, just like, yeah, I knew it. I got the bad dad vibe from you. It's like when I watch Bing Crosby, I'm like. I don't trust you. There's something about it. And then you read up, you're like, there it is. Yeah. You've just yeah. got like bad dad vibes from, you know, like I mean, up top. there's a lot of those Hollywood, sadly a lot of the Hollywood. I know. People, and sometimes like, you don't feel it. Once you start dig, you're like, oh, good. Yeah. That's why when we find good ones, you're like, yay. You know, yeah. <laughs> Howard Keel, you're the best. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I don't know. It was. I think that there was some, there was even, I was even noticing too, like when he was doing like the bit at the very beginning, he was doing that orange juice bit. Yes. And he was like throwing the oranges places. And I was like, okay. And then he realized that it wasn't filling the cup. That whole joke was lost because of the blocking of the way that they filmed it and the blocking of having those juicers like in the way. And he's like, you don't even see the joke of him sweeping the orange juice into the cup. Like you really have to pay attention to it. I was just like, you know, they could have cut to the other side at some point. Like, they should have done coverage on that. Or yeah. Something. I don't know. I'm just like, I I don't know. I felt like, I, I, I don't know. Seems well, really strange in there. I think yeah. there's a little bit of, because he, he produced the movie, too. Jerry Lewis produced the movie. I know. And, um, I, which I is it, like, I wonder how I much Mr. Tashlin even had any give and, like, what he wanted to, like, the direction. Because, you know, in his right. other movies, I'm like... You know, Glass Bottom Boat's fucking good. You know, like it's so. It's cute. Yeah, there's, there's Glass Bottom Boat's cute. It's got like a great story. The the story goes along. It doesn't linger too long. So I wonder yeah. if maybe that was a little bit like, 
you know, he, you know, cause listening, it was funny listening to, um, listening to that, um, secrets of Hollywood like, yes. podcast and how kind of like that sometimes the directors were just like, they did, they just had to do what they were told. Yeah, you know, pretty much. They were like directing. puppets. So yeah. It's, it's t- when you have somebody on set, that's a huge star like yeah. this. It's hard to like, how are you going to, and if he's producing the movie too, how yeah. are you going to be like, no, we should shoot it this way. He's going to be like, yeah. Oh. Especially when the more yeah. I read about Jerry Lewis, I mean, clearly it was like the ball was in his court. He was the control. Mm-hmm. He was the control freak about all of this. And so right. it's just, I think it's one of those things where, you know, that person you think is this, you know, light, funny person really isn't. They're actually serious as a heart attack, which speaking of heart attack, he oh, had a heart right. attack. Well, and it was like his second one. So he's art like, I mean, which was it his second wow. one? Yeah, they said it was he his was second party. I know he was he was like in his thirties or something. Thirty four, I yeah. believe, because he was born into um twenty six. So um, yeah, so uh, twenty six <laughs> is thirty four years old. As I mean, we said, these people lived intensely back then. Oh, you know, um, he lived until he was ninety one. though. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that heart attack. Well, that's what's so crazy is that like down. he had his wife and like they had six kids together when she divorced him in 1980 because he by that point he had like this long-term mistress who he was giving all these gifts to and shit oh and she was like dude and like everyone was reading like quoted she's like i'm basically a financial puppet because this asshole is spending all of our money on his mistress and i'm i have nothing you know and i've got these kids and i was with him for 35 fucking years and he ended up he had like an open pretty open affair in the 50s with another gal while he was making all these babies with this lady who by the way was a singer in her own right and um then he had an affair with i want to say she was like a model or someone at that time and it was sort of an open secret and they had a kid together like an illegitimate kid who was ended up getting adopted by like the mom ended up marrying a nightclub owner and then you know that that girl ended up getting adopted by him but like she didn't end up too well his youngest uh son ended up dying of a heroin overdose and was uh, did an interview in like the late 80s about how he's like yeah i don't ever feel like my dad ever loved me he was an abuse he beat us a lot he was not you know he's like i said like a bing crosby situation sort of but and then after he died, like he 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 like basically told his sons like don't tell any don't tell the don't tell the press what happened to him and they were like fuck you fuck you wow. you know so yeah it's just I think he kind of did the whole like like he had like the do, the do over marriage and then he like so he married his mistress right. in the 80s and then they ended up adopting a daughter in the early 90s and that was who he was with when he passed away so when he passed away he left he 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 wrote all of his kids and his former wife out of his will and all their descendants. Left, oh, wow. left his whatever he had left to his wife and his adopted daughter. That's it. Huh. So sorry Goodness. to sorry to segue, but like, yeah, it was it was interesting because I'm just like, man, this is weird. Sorry to digress, but like when I was watching, like I watched this movie a couple times, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I wanted to know a little bit more about him. And then when I, like that was like the first thing I read up top, and I was like, man. Uh, but know. I I mean I know he was obviously a complicated figure. He raised like millions of dollars oh, yeah. for the mus- muscular district. I mean like I'll, we all remember the Jerry Lewis telethon mm, and yep. and um and so you know I mean he's he's definitely a, a enigmatic. Is that the word I should use? I don't know. He's just interest. He's is, he's yeah, got a lot going on. He's complicated. A lot of layers. So, a lot of layers. The yeah. Most actors yeah. do have that going on. There's, exactly. To, yeah. Yeah. It's tough to you can't so, nail one person down. You know. So. Yeah. And you can definitely tell that this was made at the height of like the Rat Pack, like 
you know, like in love with Kennedy era. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of because like they even mentioned like they make reference to like a chairman of the board. And like there's very much I feel like uh, very much like an undercurrent of of that sort of like the Rat Pack um, kind of Vegas era aesthetic to this to this film a lot. And, and the music and everything, which actually I'm not mad at. The music's fantastic. The music is good. His singing. It's probably is, the best thing about this movie. His, his little singing. Not though, his singing. Not like, his singing. Uh, I mean the Count Basie band. Oh, the Count Basie. Do that. Oh god, that was. And amazing. then the, the dude who sings, like oh, that yeah. part, that like like that that was really really good. Not a terrible <laughs> dancer. Like I I liked his dancing. No, like, he's a good dancer. Yeah. Like he can skip around like pretty pretty well. And like when he actually was like. I loved actually the part in the end where they dance. I thought it was really mm-hmm, cute, yeah. but it was again one of those like long sweeping shots that kind of gave it like a seriousness to it that didn't feel very fairy tale like. Yeah, you know? I like that actually. Um, I did too. You know, with like where it kind of rained down balloons mm-hmm. and stuff, and it was you know just more like the end of a like a you know a romantic movie. Um, but but yeah, and then also like the the sets that they use with the, like the giant like I have to say like even when they did the bit with the really long table oh like God, that yes. giant room <laughs> with like all the opulence and I love how they sh- you show him going through it kind of reminded me of like the house in the Disney cartoon version of Cinderella where there's like the area where she sleeps yeah. and stays in and it's all very kind of shabby and run down and you see those shots where it's like she's going from that area. To like, and it slowly gets really nice and decadent to where they in the wing where they live. Um, I thought that was really good. Yeah, that was really funny when you know? it was like it was kind of like all fucked. The wallpaper was all screwed up, and then all of a sudden it just got really nice. It was like a cut off where it was like nice and like so fun. That was really cool. Apparently, that house though is the same house used in um, the uh, Beverly Hillbillies as the open yes. for that. Yeah, so, which was kind of rad um, to see. And then that. Um, that set that they had where they had the ball at was really amazing. I don't know where that, that must've been on a soundstage or something. It was so beautiful. It's like, Jesus it's so sweeping and large with those huge <sighs> stairs. Which yeah. Was it was really cool. Stunning. Um, and so I wanted to briefly touch on too is Anna Maria Albrighetti, um, yes. which was an interesting character because someone had mentioned on her on the Instagram that how she was kind of like a she was kind of like didn't really have much of a career uh, like in like yeah. as far as acting goes, but she was sort of like an all around kind of thing where she did bit parts and she did TV and then she did a lot of and she did a bunch of theater and she also did a lot of um, cabaret as well. So she did some cabaret oh. stuff. So she. It was an interesting character, and she was a, like a classically trained opera singer and sang from wow. like a very very young age. Like I think at Carnegie Hall, and a, as a teenager, she uh, sang and stuff. So she was a pretty like amazing singer and stuff like that. Which was interesting that they didn't kind of feature her as a singer in this movie. Like there wasn't even I know which I thought was well, like well that seemed like honestly it's probably just because they didn't want anyone to overshadow him. And I bet you as soon as she opened uh, her mouth, she would have because well, yeah, she was very beautiful. Oh, she was really oh great God. on camera. She was a cool. She looks like Christina Ricci. She looks like, she it was looks, freaky. It, first of all, she was, I thought she was just absolutely gorgeous. gorgeous. Like she looked otherworldly how beautiful she yeah. was. And the, like for 1960, she had this like, she kind of like perfect. So cute. Those giant eyes mm-hmm. and like, and guys, I just want to say no plastic surgery. <laughs> just, just look at that face. Not a needle in it. All right. So just, just, you and know, I thought she was notes. pretty compelling too. Like I, there wasn't much for her to do as far as acting goes, but like no. that final scene where she's trying to get him to fall in love with her or like she was trying yes. to express, she was like, I was just like, she wow, she's psycho. really compelling. 
compelling. Like she did an <clears throat> yeah. amazing job singing or not as of acting. And I was just like, I, yeah. I was like, Jesus girl, you really doing it. Like she's acting up a storm. <laughs> they they should have given her yeah, more and, lines. Yeah. And it's funny, like, well, no, I honestly, they should have given her more lines. I think they, I mean, I guess if, if it's sort of like, well, if she is like the female version of Prince Charming, he didn't have a lot of lines either, depending on how you tell the story. It's not like there's a ton of involvement, but I thought she looked really great. I thought that the outfit that they gave her, like the ball, made her look like a princess. She she reminded me very much of like Audrey Hepburn. Exactly. Like it was, was it was totally that. that vibe. It's very. It was funny because I when I saw her in that outfit, I was like, oh, Edith had Audrey Hepburn Roman Holiday. Yeah. It is straight up Hello. Roman Holiday. Yeah. Like same thing, yeah. same kind of thing. It was kind of it was interesting. I wonder if that's what they were trying to convey because oh, I'm she sure. looked very similar to Audrey Hepburn in that way. Well, like, it it's easily recognizable as a modern day princess That's, you're yeah. like cool i get it like of all the because there's a there's a room full of beautiful women and they're all in ball gowns several of them had white ball gowns so it's like how do you make her stand out right. um and i thought i think she looked really great and that dress was super awesome like I, I loved how much it was totally built for movement and all that dance work that she did i love that it was like it was just that it was like the long like the classic like Jacqueline Bouvier yes, at the White House, very. like evening dress with the slit in the back, um, so that that um, so you could move. But then she had like the the over you know the over uh, skirt part yes. with the that kind of pads her hips out a little, makes her waist look smaller. But again, very regal. She looked really good and um, with the little cape and everything. I mean, and she, uh, yeah, she looked gorgeous, and, absolutely gorgeous. And yeah, and and um, even though like I know we picked this at random, but this was such a great movie in terms of costuming, like the way they used the costumes, the way they dressed everybody to convey who they were and their characters. Let's face it, the stepmother. Can we talk about that floor uh, length red lace oh, quasi Victorian house dress? Yes, I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what it oh was. Oh my god, but that outfit that she wears with the really she wears it a couple times actually. Oh she my gosh, yeah, it it's so scene, good. I, yeah. That was a good touch. She wore it at the dinner and Love then she it. wore it again when the princess came to the um came to the house. I mean, yeah. with the full train, it's all red lace all the way up to her neck. She looked yep. stunning. Oh my And of God. course she the way she moved in it, the blocking, like she knew how to wear that dress uh-huh. really well and like was really good at like when she would move around the room, kind of kicking that train around and doing it just right. I mean, it's fucking Judith Anderson. So it's just like, it's just like, oh my God. You know like, she this put that, you know that everything. she put that costume on and was like, I know exactly who this woman is. Yeah, like, you're, she's like, I'm feeling this. Yeah, she's like, I'm a, I'm a bitch and this dress <laughs> is going to help me be that bitch. <laughs> like, oh, man. It was dead serious. She's like, it's on, bitch. <laughs> Like, it was good. so good. I love that red, the whole full red lace was fucking stunning. Also, that house that house dress that she comes in at the very beginning when she goes into the boys' bedrooms and she's wearing that, yes. like, house coat that's got, like, a huge cape. Is and it, it's all yes. tied in the front. Which, by the way, how beautiful is that cape, though? It's very 18th century inspired, too. It had oh, that. Oh, it's cool. It's got, like, the Watteau back. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, Which was I something that you would totally see for something like da- the period, like Dangerous Liaisons, having that like pleated yep. back, but then the fronts all fitted. And uh, oh my god, yeah, I wa- so good. I think that I wonder. I'm I'm wondering if um, Edith had actually did that, where she kind of put in a little bit of like period elements into their costumes, to into her costume specifically, to kind of like help give it a little bit more of a fairy tale vibe because it was so 1960, 1960. I- 
I wouldn't be surprised. And let's face it, she, they were straight up copying and doing like they were, or shall I say, inspired by the 1950 Disney film. Oh, you look course, at that, yeah. like even the color palette of you know this Wicked stepmother. She wears like reds and purples and stuff in that yes. too, and also is like that quasi historical, almost like Victorian Edwardian oh, kind yeah. of thing, uh, which gives her that more severe sort of imposing look. So I and and I I do feel like they're kind of doing that. And I was not surprised to read that they um, initially uh, Walt Disney did sue them for, for doing oh, this did movie. He? They were like, what up? But then I, I <laughs> then, they, then they pulled it. Then they were like, no, that's okay. And I'm like, yeah, that's because you saw the rushes. You were like, never mind. It sucks. <laughs> we're cool. We cool. <laughs> yeah. When I was reading it, they were like, yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't do that. That's, that's ours. And they're like, no, just kidding, man. It's all right. We're good. We're good. <laughs> We're confident. In our like that. Stuff. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> JK. <laughs> God. Yeah, but, and I, oh, go, go no, ahead. No, it's Sorry. Okay. Um, I just was, I, I love, I think Judith Anderson's costumes in this movie. She, they did. Oh, I mean, like amazing. Her ball at ball. the ball, like mm-hmm. when she wears at the ball, she's, elegant she really is like she may be evil but she is eleganza yes. and i think that's that's something that often you know in the i love when the like the wicked the stepmother's portrayed that way because that's what she is she's like wicked elegance yes. i mean she charmed cinderella's dad in the first place exactly. and i think she was really good at putting on that veneer of being this you know sophisticated beautiful lady and then could turn around and be an you know an abuser a child abuser so um you know and i and also too like the idea of like the preferential treatment of like i've got like you know my scapegoat and my golden child Mm -hmm. or golden children you know um um i thought that they did a good job like every version of cinderella does like they'll do some kind of like family dynamic around that mm-hmm. um and my favorite kind of cinderellas are the ones where in the end i love when at least like one of those characters has a change of heart or like shows compassion yeah. and sort of like realizes and i feel like they did a really good job you know even probably one of the best moments in this movie was that part at the very end where he like gives them their money. Oh yeah. And she like she's like no don't touch it. And like you really see like she's so good even in that mo- even in this shitty movie she's so good at emoting <laughs> and you really feel for her. You're like wow, like she has she's so good at like showing this like change of heart. Yeah. That like, you know, which I loved because I love stuff like that. Like that's another reason one of the many reasons why I love Ever After because I loved how they did that dynamic in that movie too where um it's not that the stepmother didn't have a change of heart, but she did have a moment where she talked a little bit about her own mother and her childhood. So you understand kind of where she came from. And then I also liked how she, even among her own two, like the wicked stepsisters, one of them was the golden child and one of them was the scapegoat. So it's like, even though, even though they were supposed to both be treating Cinderella bad, one of them in the end ends up helping her because she's treated so bad. She's also abused. So it was like, I I love that, like the turning of the table, like giving that more complexity. It's not just like they were mean. It's like, well, no, why, you know, where did that come from? And like, were they always mean? Yeah. Like, like, are you straight up psycho or are you like that because you were beaten and then you turn around and do it to somebody else. And I love how like in ever after you could tell like the oldest daughter who was always doted on, you're like, Oh, you're, you're just a straight up psycho. You're just a blonde psycho. The other one was like, you know, she was the one who was getting teased and like never felt right about like her whole situation. So I love that. I love that like dynamic and they didn't do it too much in here, but like that you can definitely tell that like 
you know, the brothers were, <laughs> they were creep, they were creepazoids, but like they all kind of had their own like little personality quirks and stuff yes, too. So exactly. Um, <laughs> those brothers were like straight up. Like uh, that one like, with the mustache uh, reminds me so much of Nick Swardson. He's oh comedian Nick Swardson. I feel like if you were to redo it, like he would, he would play the shit out of that role and he would, it'd be so fucking funny in that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I right. Like he would just with that weird mustache, like he would just, exactly. he'd make it, he'd, he'd make it weird yes. the way it should be <laughs> my favorite joke of nick swartzen is when he gets his his stand-up where he's like i went to the dot i went to the veterinarian because my i was telling my the vet that my cat has diarrhea and he's like well what are you feeding him and he's like diarrhea <laughs> <laughs> i love when he talks about like having like living with roommates and like you get down to like where like nobody's doing the dishes and then finally you come home and like you're like, yeah, and then you've got the roommate who's like eating cereal and milk out of like on a plate with a spatula, and he's like, sup? You know, it's just like <laughs> that when he talks about his grandma. I uh, love when he does like the jokes about his he's like, Yeah, you know, like like you know, and you for you like like everything you do is amazing for your grandma. And they're like she's like, Oh, Nicholas, would you help me pick up this pick up this gallon of milk? He's like, You mean this gallon of milk, grandma? And like Liv said, he's like, Oh, Nicholas, you're so strong. <laughs> Oh, that guy's funny. God. Anyway, oh, so goodness. not that they'd ever remake Cinderella, but hey, Nick Swartzen would be really good in that <laughs> as one of the stepbrothers. You're listening, <laughs> you're listening, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> goodness. Um, so, oh my God. Yeah, there was another part too. There was some other things like when he was doing that. Apparently, I didn't, I only, the only reason I knew this is because, um, you know, in the kitchen when he's doing that pantomime to the song, he's like kind of doing yes. that thing. I was like, oh, this is kind of funny. And I was like, wait, they did this bit on Family Guy. And I realized yes. I had to look it up because I was like, what was that from? Apparently it's from the movie Aaron Boy. Like the Family Guy literally does a shot for shot remake of that. Yes. It's hilarious. But, um, and also a huge waste of time, which I love that they do that. Um, but um, yeah. Just it's wasting that Fox I money. know, they're just like, fuck <laughs> you, Fox. Um, but it's so funny. Um, and then... So, but then apparently that was something that he did in his act. Like that was kind of his his stage act, which again, kind of lends credence to that thing where he's like, all right, Mr. Tashlin, just point the camera and let it run. Like, yeah. So I think that I don't know how much Frank Tashlin actually had any say in anything. You know what I mean? Like about that. If anybody knows anything about that, I mean, about the behind the scenes making of this movie, there's not too much. No, there wasn't trivia Mm -hmm. and stuff goes to making the movie. I mean, it's really, just kind of like bare, bare, you know, top level stuff, you know. Kind of I I did know, yeah. Well, I I know I did read that he wanted this to be a Christmas release. Oh yeah. And the studio was like, no, we want something for the summer. He's like, well, then I'll make you another movie for the summer. Yeah. And yeah. so right after making this, he um I think he was in Florida somewhere, and he wrote The Bellboy. Oh, so right. uh, which is which is another, and then he they ended up just smashing he like rushed and made that movie and got it out for the summer so that they would have a summer movie and then they let him then then he got the deal to have it released over in the holidays which was i mean i get it because you want it close to oscar time and you want it he wanted it to be like a holiday movie for when children and stuff yeah but you know what the the fucking guy was right because even though the critics poo-pooed it but it 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 brought in the money it was like a number one it was a hit so both of them yeah. made money, so it's like good, good on you, buddy. Yeah, good on you. Yeah, I mean, it's it. 
I mean, the guy, I mean, he was just a ginormous star. Huge. Just a ginormous yeah. star. So I don't, I mean, good for him. But um, and in the age of like, this is before reruns, it was just live TV and movies. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess, you, yeah, if you put it in the context of the times, it's like, yeah, he was pretty exciting. And I'm sure if you were a typical baby boomer family with a shit ton of kids, oh, you're yeah. probably stoked when he's on the TV. You're like, cool, sit down and watch it. Like, sit know? down and watch this man will act like a child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now we know why all the baby boomers are the way they are. <laughs> Goodness. Um, his costumes, though, there wasn't much to his. It's funny to see a man no. wearing, like, a sweatshirt, a sweatshirt on TV with, like, kind of, like, loose. That fitting, literally like, looks like something you could wear today. Yeah, I mean, like, his clothes and those looked pants. great. Like, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. so interesting just to see that, like, him running around. And, like, I did think it was funny that every time he was serving them dinner, like, then they asked for something, he did have to go change. He ran down. I did like that. He did run down in his tuxedo ask him what they need, went back to change his jacket and then run back. I was like, oh my God. I did it 10 times. It's just like, good God, get it. Well, and that's when, when I first saw that gig, I was like, this must have, like, like, even in my mind, it's like, I I watched this and then I looked shit up. I was like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. So, because I was like, I watched that. I'm like, that that gig, that that bit right there. He yeah. he was hanging his hat on that gig. Like, yeah. that came before this movie. Yeah. Sure enough, totally did. And, all, yeah. and then again, I was like, I have a bad dad vibe about you. <laughs> totally right. <laughs> you know, like, I, I kind of have this... I'm like, and then, the, I don't know, I was just like, were you faithful to run? No, you weren't. No. So, like, like, there was a lot of that going on. I was just like, oh. I really need to do more. Um, I need to dig more into Ed Wynn because watching this movie, mm. I realized he is a nut job. Like, I need to learn. And they did not give him enough. Di- like, he, that dialogue was terrible for him. He could have read a grocery list and made yes. it hilarious. What the fuck are you doing with that perfectly funny man? I know. <laughs> but I need to know more about, like, I need to know more about, like, his his rise to fame. I need to, I, right. I need to do more research on him because he's such, he's one of those people that I'm fascinated with in Hollywood, which is like one of those weird personality types where they just like, he's like weird, like, like his weird yeah. giggling and his like, which is kind of like, kind of like very fae and like, like yes, kind of like what, lisping, lisping. Like he's kind like, of, yeah. he's basically like a weird, he's like, he's kind of a more, he's a less mean version of Paul Lind, which I'm just like, I can totally Pretty get much. behind because, He's yep. so random and weird, and and yet everyone just loved him. And I'm just yeah. like, what is happening? I need to know everything. Like, I need to well, know who discovered him, how did it happen, what is going on here. <laughs> I want to say that there was. I, I was when I was looking on Amazon, there was like a documentary of some kind on him. But what? I'll send it to you. Maybe we can look. We we can look at it because that might be a fun one to look at. As far as you know, maybe we maybe that's worthy of an episode because he's a really interesting person. You know, like, like we, we'd be fun to interesting. To learn more about actor, which I need to, yeah. I need to figure out. Like I yeah. need to know more about this. Like, and I think the fact that he's older, like he's just he, he's sort of like like a Thelma Ritter. Like you think of like the female like female actors uh, actors at that time who were like really like popping in their like six fifties and sixties, yeah. like their career and stuff. Which totally inspiring, by the way. Yes. We do not have enough of those kind of. Actors, like, or I don't even know if we have that equivalent nowadays. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like a Marie Dressler. Yes. We don't really have that. I'm you know? obsessed and, and with the fact that need she that. got like, Marie Dressler, which uh, that episode on. Um, oh my God. On, how did, did, uh, how I, did you not, did you cry? I, I mean, come on. Th- I'm dead inside, on. so I don't cry about anything except for that. When she's at the Oscars and the boy's sleeping in her lap. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my Sorry. God. Like, Sorry. like what? <laughs> I, it's pretty amazing. And I just love that she's, she won the third Oscar for 
acting oh. for a female for best actress and she's an older woman that is like overweight and not traditionally beautiful and like is just a character yep. actor what we would consider a character actor and you're just like oh, I just love so I love and these everybody loved her exactly. like even the waiters in the back are like spinning their like napkins like everybody was like like who, there's not a person like that today exactly she's like a real life fairy godmother it's so amazing good. and I love I love her and I also love there's another one there's another actress too that was in like the first um was in she played judy garland's mother in um, the broadway melody um oh. i forget her name but there's a wonderful um there's a wonderful documentary about her as well um on um on amazon that's really good um i highly recommend that um so. Yeah, these these characters, like, and like I said, Thelma Ritter, who's mm-hmm. one of my number ones, I mean, just up top, one of my favorite movies of all time is Rear Window, and it's it wouldn't be, um, that so movie wouldn't good. be that movie without her. That movie, yes. She's that amazing. movie passes the Bechdel test because of her, so, <laughs> like, let's just say, I mean, it's, she's so good, but, like, I, she's my inspiration, yes. like, if I were to ever become a, a, a character actress, I'd be like, I want to be the next Thelma Ritter, so, because the- she is fucking great she is the one that i'm thinking of is sophie tucker she's um she's a vaudeville kind of actress she's a vaudeville singer and actress Mm -hmm. and she was amazing and this the documentary is really wonderful about her too and her life and how she oh i'm gonna have to watch that it's so good i love stuff like that it's just about her like living her life and how she didn't really make it in hollywood as like a traditional star and how she Mm kind of just still just like said like still performed and still made a life for herself as a performer like she she kind of like beat the odds kind of thing or like made she's just like god damn it i'm gonna be fucking and I'm going to be a performer. Fuck you, Hollywood. Like if I, yeah. you know, sort of thing. So it was really cool. But in, to Keenan, to, or to, um, to Edwin, I think like he's yeah. such an interesting phenomenon as a person that he I is. need to know more. I have to know more yeah. about this like interesting f- character, you know, sort of thing. So yeah. I'm going to have to learn more about him. So, but um, yeah, just these big personalities that are kind of get famous for their personality is something that I just love. For sure. I just love. So. They're like hired to be themselves, right? You know, in, in a way, like even though they are, like again, I go back to Thelma Ritter, but it's like, yes, yeah, she's being a character, but she's still her, right? You know, like it's there's something about herself that she's bringing that's so captivating, you know? Exactly. Um, <laughs> I read a book the other day. <laughs> I was just, sorry, I could. <laughs> so good. Um, but I, honestly, the storyline of this movie, I could talk about the story, but there's not much to the story. It's pretty much the same story we know from th- um, from Cinderella. The only difference yep. is that for some reason there's some B-plot storyline that makes no sense and is kind of shoehorned in about how there's hidden money in the house that only Fella knows about. And, yes. um, and the brothers are trying to get the money because I guess this wicked stepmother has been spending all the the money that was left to her by the, the her husband on keeping them keeping the house up and stuff like that and, and keeping them well, in and the life that they gowns, grown gowns, 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 naturally. Who's gonna pay for these gowns? <laughs> Look at those dresses. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Who's gonna keep me in all of this finery? Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's a whole storyline, and then at the end, before like then after the after the. Um, after the ball, uh, the brother, um, the younger brother, I guess Rupert, maybe, let's say Rupert, um, <laughs> uh, is like think knows <laughs> that it was Fella, and he so he's like, where's the you know threatens him and is like, where's the money? And then yeah. Fella just like gives the money up in um, yeah, and is like here have it, I don't care about it, sort of thing, making him you know out to be the hero and also doesn't care about money. Um, yeah, and then the at the end when he's um, there, I guess 
because of the fact that the brother wasn't allowed to marry or didn't marry the princess he they're they're getting evicted from their house which <laughs> didn't, they didn't really clearly specify how that was happening um and then uh jerry lewis was like you can have the money and then judith anderson's like no it's not ours and then then he you know then he, for some reason, fellow leaves, and then he ends up meeting, and then that's when the princess comes back and is like, we should be together, and he's like, no, thank you, and then they eventually get back together, and then they live happily ever after, <laughs> and that's the story. I mean, there's it's very, very thin, and then there's a whole lot of, like, long comedic sequences throughout <laughs> yeah so and he does meet the actual like the girl cinderella like so she she's made to magically appear which that might be my one of my favorite parts the, um, is or my favorite lines when she's like when, when uh remember when he has um he's uh with fred Wynn and he's uh uh the fairy makes Cinderella. Oh, yeah, the Cinderella. Yes, makes, he does meet the original. And then she appears, Cinderella. and she totally is almost looks exactly like the Disney Cinderella. Yes. And like he kind of like like tries to walk into her, and she's like, "If I wasn't already married, <laughs> <laughs> like best line in the movie." It made me laugh so much. Although I did think it was. I weird. think I rewound that like three times just to hear her go. If I wasn't already married. <laughs> Because they they made her do it just like a dude. And I was like, it was so funny. <laughs> also, I want to make that dress for the Ren Faire. I want to do like a the rags, Cinderella, like Cinderella the rags. rags yes. Dress. I did think it was funny that it was so supposed cute. to be Cinderella after she's married, but she's still rocking the rags. Like she's like, he, she's keeping it real. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. She's just like, you know, she's like, yeah, I'm married to Prince, but I like to wear my rags. You know, it's like, I'm from the streets. Like, no, I'm not going to let rich and famous fame change me. No, girl. Like, I'm keeping it hood. Yeah, right? she's like straight out of Compton, son. She's like, <laughs> and then she's like, they, where's my strip club chicken wings, bitch? <laughs> we're gonna go to Roscoe. We're gonna go to Roscoe's chicken and waffles after this, son. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Did you not hear me? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And then when he like, and then when uh, the fairy godfather like changes her into her like a court gown and stuff, she's got so much glitter in her so hair. Much it's glitter. like glitter. It's, it's all over her body. Oh my god! They like smeared it on her chest too. It looks. She's so ready for Burning Man and yeah. Coachella together. Yes, she was straight up red fair Coachella. It's so like, oh what am I looking? There is so much Red hair and that there's so much glitter in that hair i was like what oh my is god happening? and you know that that was like she had already had that like so, so first of all she got the full-on 1960s shellac style yes, hairspray the big old then hair, then the glitter on top of that it's so good god, so good so fucking funny i'm like uh, uh, that dress was really pretty i'm it not was gonna lie pretty. and she looked i love how they went her go from that to like snatched <laughs> like, <laughs> she, like her waist was like 16 inches after that it was so tiny oh my god speaking of snatched <laughs> um the fucking the princess's waist in that and that yes! end scene with the red dress was jesus christ got talk about girdle like that girdle was working overtime she was so tiny and her ribs so must tiny have been so like they, they she looked like they really cinched her in on that i was like yeah. jesus age christ but she looked amazing <laughs> like she i know pain that's is beauty. Like, <laughs> and, and that was the look though back then it's like that like they were so like they had like these because 
for being like everybody had these snatched waists, but then their arms like nobody's really toned though. They have like right. round arms and sort of like you know very very round and curvy up top, you know, and and uh, very curvy. Yeah. Like everybody's very curvaceous at that time. Not mad at that. Yeah, they were Everybody very just like so good and done. Yes. <laughs> they did an amazing like that was like kind of that thing was that everybody was wearing girdles, but then it was was very yep. Dior too. That very like late like right like the new look sort of thing and a holdover of that because then Balenciaga yes, was coming on that and that kind like, of thing. Yeah, exactly. So everyone was wearing that <laughs> outfit like, and then it and then of course the big all bullet bras and stuff were starting to come in. Yeah, like so you have these huge, huge um, you know Howard Hughes style boobs and then like yep. these tiny little ways and then they exactly. pad the hips out to make them even bigger so you have like a lot of like pleading against the hips to like really make them to really kind of mm-hmm. accentuate just how tiny the waist is it was so like nuts and now if we know after reading people's memoirs eating disorders as far as the eye can oh, see yeah. people we, they eating disorders everybody's hungry yeah. bulimic most doing what it, they yeah. need to do to get that waist snatched most of the meals <laughs> you're eating that day is a, is a cocktail olive <laughs> Like that's yes. what you're eating for the yes. day. <laughs> it's like it's one slice of tomato that you eat with a knife and fork with a little bit of salt and pepper on it. Yeah, <laughs> and then a cog. <laughs> then, then you know the two olives in your martini, and then you yeah, go then directly to three sleep. Olive di- yeah, martini. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a pretty martini dinner. <laughs> then you go back. Pretty much. <laughs> then you wake up at five a.m. and you get to the studio by six, so you can do your three-hour hair and makeup. Yeah, exactly. We've been through this. Goodness. <laughs> uh, so Kathleen, before um, before we wrap up, like, what's what are the looks that you I mean, we talked about the looks like endlessly, but was there like ones that you really like were your faves? Like, well, um, I think you're right. Like the, the princess, the dress that she has, her white kind of almost like a coronation kind of dress that she has at the ball was really her, beautiful. Her, um, very her standout. Uniform, like she's got her epaulets on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she's, well, she's got like the cape yes. and then she's got the cute little red sash. And, and I really loved, um, you know, you could just really tell it was built for movement because it, I loved how it moved when she was dancing with him. Yes. Um, and same thing with the, the dress that she wears the, at the end. I loved it how she went from, and again, just a great use of costuming, you know, you know, she, at some point she rips her sleeves off and then she, she kicks down her heels. So they become flat shoes. And she's like, cause she like almost loses her mind at the end, like trying to get his attention. And I love, um, when they, when stuff like that happens and then it's like, now she's in a sleeveless dress and now she's in flats. Like yes. it somehow like was, it took, <laughs> like she was able to do that and it didn't destroy it. It just made it into something else. <laughs> yeah, it's still, she's but, like, um, I'm going to destroy my dress. But I'm still going to look good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm still going to look good. And that waist be snatched. Yes. Be snatched. <laughs> so, but I thought that looked really good too. And she looked really pretty when they were dancing. I, I love a, a full dirndl skirt with the snatch waist and the cute little ballet flats. Mm-hmm. I think that's just forever and ever. Um, I love that. And then of course, big shout out to, um, the stepmoms, uh, Eleganza. I think yes. that is just, you know, Edith had had a lot of fun with that I'm one. Sure, you can yeah. tell, like, her her and Judith, they're just probably just chit-chatting. She's like, yeah, girl, I got you. Yeah. How about this one? How about this little red lace number? Oh, I got it. Sure. You know, like, it was just, you know, that must have been br- probably pretty breezy, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> Those are kind of my standouts, I guess. Yeah. Judith Anderson had a ma- had an amazing f- uh, couple of furs too in this movie. Like yes, she, like, she was going yes. to the ball, and then also when she was leaving at the on her fi- in her final scene. So that was a good look. Um, yeah. I loved. Um, it was his his um, outfit for the ball was an interesting look too, having that black dinner jacket. 
with yeah. that oversized rick rack. Um, it had like an oversized rick rack on the lapel with like big, that big, like the big, like kind of, you know, shield embroidery, like the, you know, the heraldic embroidery on it, which I was just like, okay, I guess yep. that's a look like it's, it does. I, I, I mean, it looked good, but it just did. And then it had, Oh, he actually even had the ruffles on his tuxedo shirt too, that were bound in black. It was very like a, a very, um, something that you would expect to see in the seventies almost. It was very kind of forward yeah. for that kind of thing, but it definitely made him stand out in that red jacket and the, with every, all the men in t- black tuxedos. Um, yes. Yep. So, but the background and extras, his weird, like gray hair. Oh my God. His gray hair. <laughs> By the way, when he was dancing around with his gray hair, my first thought is like, he looks just like, um, what's his face from, uh, from Bravo. He looks like Andy Cohen from Bravo. Oh he my looked God, just right. like Andy oh Cohen from Bravo. Andy Cohen's hair. Yes, <laughs> he looks exactly like him. Like, watch that scene and not try to see Andy Cohen. Oh my God, Andy Cohen would mean, be so fucking pissed off of you. <laughs> two of the most powerful Jews in Hollywood. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> oh <laughs> I mean, man. I was gonna say something very inappropriate, but never mind. I'll keep my I'll keep my catty my catty judgments to myself. <laughs> um, and I also want to give shout out to Ed Wynn for dressing in drag too. So yes. <laughs> the glove always appreciated little drag moment of him in the in the basement, like look at all kinds of ridiculous as the very godmother. <laughs> <laughs> which was so funny <laughs> it's just like he's like if you're not gonna listen to me when i'm the great godfather i'll dress up like a goddamn godfather okay is this what you want How is, this? is this what you want you want me to lip sync for my life <laughs> <laughs> it's like now i'm gonna get you to the ball <laughs> god it was anywho. so those are mine i mean a lot i mean Judith Henderson's like bringing it home with this movie as far as the clothes that she's wearing as far as clothes yes. in this movie and um, yeah and then the princess has like a couple of outfits has actually three four outfits now that I think about it because she has yeah. the one in the car which is straight up Jackie, Jackie O like pillbox oh, hat yeah. fur collar like periwinkle yeah. blue like it's very like doing a thing so yeah. she's definitely oh and I, I want to tell you I really love her pink dress I love that, that little wears... pink chiffon dress yes. when she's dancing with Nick Swartzen yes and <laughs> and I, I it's really beautiful and it's got all that beadwork down the back of the skirt yeah. oh, and yes. it's really gorgeous that's right and, she, and I love her satin pumps that she like matching pink satin pumps were probably dyed to match i couldn't stop looking at them and i love that is my favorite favorite like shoe silhouette where it's like a little it's kind of like a, almost but like with a heel like a tiny with heel. a heel well, well they well like the, it's uh the heel kind of comes in and oh, then the toe kicks up right. so it's sort of like a ferragamo like the vintage ferragamo shoe always or like like marilyn monroe always had shoes like that they're distinctly to like that late 50s early 60s they just look so cute and they make your feet look really good i don't know it's like my favorite I just love the way the heel comes in. Like it's, it, it makes your foot look small. Yeah. It just, it has, and perky, you know? So it's like, yeah. And all those dyed to match shoes back in the day. I have to look for photos of that gown that she wears. Cause she does have a good looking gown for that scene. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's gorgeous. It's actually a very similar silhouette to the red gown that she wears at the end. Cause she's, you know, super snatched mm-hmm. and it's got like that very, um, this is very, very t- like that, 
late fifties, early sixties, where it's, it's, um, the, the real fit and flare, very, very full skirt, but it's shorter. It's yeah. like to the knee. It's not the longer one that we had in the fifties and stuff, like the longer circle skirts, everything's much more full and like snatched and yet full, yes. you know? So it's, it's, uh, and then shorter, um, with the cute little heels and everything, but she looks very cute again, kind of more like an Audrey look, you know, they gave her very, um, and it works. Yeah. It totally works. Like, I mean, as far as like storytelling with costuming, they do. Hey, and Edith had, man, she delivered the goods every time every that time. she, she won those Oscars for a reason, y'all. Exactly. <laughs> and it's uh, taking other people's work. <laughs> <laughs> and managing coordinating, a good Managing. She managed. And Anna Maria Albregetti is still with us, by the way. So yes. Yeah. So in case she was in a movie as recent as like 2001. She did a long hiatus and was oh. doing like theater and stuff and then was in like in another movie as, as, as late as that. But oh. yeah, I know this is one of those few movies where some of the people are still alive. Hey, you're doing it. <laughs> you're still kicking. Living. <laughs> you're not dead. Oh, Gosh, and I couldn't really find anything. Maybe I could do probably a deeper dive. It would be great to see if she has any... Um, like did memoirs or an interview because I would love to hear what it was like working with him because uh, I would assume it must have been a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's pretty much that's all I've got for this film. Um, it was a it was a good it was it was it good. was okay it was okay. I'm sure if I were it, if I saw it when I was younger, I probably would have enjoyed it more. Being me but too. I think it through a modern lens. This one's a little not as you know it doesn't it didn't stand up for me personally but if it, yeah. you know if you did love it though please let me know like let us know like tell us tell us about your history with it because that would be something well, i'd love to hear is like what's your you know yeah what, and it has really good reviews on amazon like if you want to read some five-star reviews there's a lot of them for this movie yeah. who must be a lot of jerry lewis fans who yeah. and that's the thing is i'm like he obviously resonates and speaks to people and so that's what's like i don't mean any disrespect and like you know, in if he obviously like wasn't a great dad at some point. Maybe he was a good dad to his latest kid. I don't know. Like I don't want to like if she listens to this podcast. I mean, no disrespect because that would be great if you did. Exactly. Um, um, yes. You know, we know that these are complicated people. Exactly. We're you know we get it. And, um, but yeah, and I, you know, and I would, I would probably try to watch, maybe, maybe we'll do another Jerry Lewis vehicle again, you know, maybe something like a Martin and Lewis one would be cool. Cause I love me some Dean Martin. Um, uh, he's my favorite of all the, like, I know everybody loves Sinatra and don't get me wrong. A lot of reasons to love him, but Dean Martin, man, come on. The bomb. Come on. Jeez. Come on. <laughs> Jeez Louise. No contest. Look at those hands. Fucking A. You know? <laughs> oh, goodness. And with that, thank you for listening to All Hollywood Real <laughs> And Routes. Um, uh, I think I forgot to introduce us at the beginning. So uh, thanks for listening to, oh, the, yeah. uh, to the Old Hollywood Realness. Um, uh, you can always this is Philip Estrada over here. That's true. That's Kathleen <laughs> Dollar over there. Goodness, we'll just copy and paste it and put it in the beginning. Yeah, um, you know. <laughs> if you don't know what show you're listening to, I don't know what to tell um, We aren't the first podcast I've listened to that introduced themselves at the last. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is the name of our podcast. We're mixing Bye. it up. We're mixing it up. So um, you can keep in touch with us over on social media, um, Facebook, all the um, all the weird realness, and Instagram, OHR Podcast on Twitter.
Shooter. You can join our, we have a Facebook group, which is great because a lot of um, listeners and fans of old movies are getting to talk to each other. And that's awesome and share some stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so OHR Podcast Darlings, D-A-H-L-I-N-G-S. Check it out. Let, I'll let you in. It's easy peasy. Um, leave us a five-star review over on iTunes. It's very helpful for um, for visibility and visibility is important um a huge shout out to hal lublin for his vocal talents at the top of the podcast keeping us fresh and fresh as always um and with that thank you for listening to ohr (laughs) bye Beep boop, test, test, beep boop, boop boop, beep boop. <laughs>